Buenas, buenas. Hola a todos y bienvenidos a otro episodio de Medical Spanish. Somos los Vatos Védicos y este es el único podcast donde se puede aprender español para el hospital y también para la calle. Yo me llamo Esteban Ferraro, soy uno de los Vatos Médicos y el otro vato, Adrián, no puede estar aquí hoy. Pero tenemos una invitada muy especial aquí para ayudarnos, ¿no? Hola a todos, yo me llamo Ana. Eh, bueno, yo no soy un vato, pero soy una vata y vato. encantada de estar acá. Gracias por la invitación. Por supuesto, gracias por venir. Especialmente hoy mismo porque es un día especial, ¿qué no? <risa> claro que sí, que hoy es el Día del Amor. Entonces, supongo que deberíamos decir Feliz Día de San Valentín, ¿sí? Feliz Día de San Valentín, exacto. And full disclosure, we're not actually recording this on <laughs> Valentine's Day. Uh, we were supposed to, but life got in the way, and the episode probably won't be released for at least a week or two after, but así es la vida, and who says every day can't be el día de amor? Of course it can, and I guess it's appropriate <laughs> since we were both at a wedding last weekend, so it still makes sense, since love is still in the air. Love is still in the air. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that means we should probably make this like a cheesy episode on, on love or amor, no? Sí, como no. Hacemos un episodio, pero muy romántico, con mucha pasión. Y no sé, unos amantes que están totalmente enamorados, con abrazos fuertes y besitos dulces. Así como una novela. Pero eso me parece un poco cliché, ¿no? Como amor de los perritos o cachorritos, ¿no? Sí, sí. Y la verdad que no me importa un carajo que es el día de San Valentín, porque todos celebran amor un solo día del año. ¿No hay amor todos los días del año? Sí, sí, estoy de acuerdo contigo en eso. Eh, no es como funciona el amor, ¿verdad? Cierto. El amor es muy difícil. La gente no se enamora de primera vista, comúnmente. Sí, bueno, pues tal vez tenemos este día de San Valentín exactamente por eso, porque el amor verdadero es muy difícil. Entonces, mejor que comprarla a la novia algo lindo y caro y ya. Ah. Sí, cosas como flores y chocolates o una carta de amor. Uh -huh. Pero me parece demasiado superficial, ¿no? Es más fácil comprarle el amor que trabajar duro para construirlo. Sí, sin duda. Y yo creo que el Día de San Valentín es, es nada más que una conspiración capitalista. Y sí, absolutamente. Pero <risa> si no vamos a hacer un episodio sobre el amor... ¿Qué hacemos entonces? Pues mejor que hablemos sobre los corazones rotos o rompidos. Y sí, me parece mucho más realista, pero bueno, hay que hablar de eso, de rotos o rompidos. Sí, y más médico también. Um, so, okay, welcome back everyone. Uh, in case you missed that opening dialogue there today, or not really, but the day we were supposed to record this was El Día de San Valentín, or Valentine's Day. Um, so we were talking about amor or love, And I noted that the other vato médico, Adrian, mm -hmm. no puede estar aquí hoy, so he can't be here today. But we have otra invitada muy especial, like another guest, invited guest that is very special. And it is on Anna, Anita. Anita. Anita, <laughs> who is joining us. And I'm sure a lot of you probably noticed that she has a, um, she talks funny. I talk funny. Why do you talk funny? I talk funny because I lived so many years in Argentina that they ruined my Spanish. So you have the, the is it the Argentine or Argentinian, Argentine accent? Either way. They Either say way. both. Argentina, Argentina is the same. And so we thought it would be helpful to have someone who has a different accent because Spanish can be very dialectical. And so it's good to hear different accents and different slang. So Anita will give us a very good perspective on that. Can you summarize, like, what would you say is the main difference between Spanish they speak in Argentina and, and yeah. like Estados Unidos? Well, I'm still realizing because I've only said Sensolia in Buenos Aires. <laughs> in Buenos Aires, which is specific, because it's porteño. Uh, mm. which is even more specific than Argentina as a whole country. Porteño? Porteño, which is Buenos Aires, like from Puerto, oh, from, okay. from like a port city. So it's porteño, because it's a port city, so like the port people. Ah, okay. We speak in a particularly specific way. But probably the most noticeable ones, at least that I'm realizing, is um, the Y or the double L. Mm -hmm. Both have a um, sound. Yo, yo, like, yo, yo me llamo Ana. Yeah. Or dame las llaves. Dame las llaves. O calle, o calle. We say calle. Calle. Este, um, that's one specific one that I'm extremely used to. Mm -hmm. And then probably the most other noticeable one is that we 
Well, in Argentina and parts of Uruguay and parts of Paraguay, but mostly Argentina, we use vos instead of tu. Ugh. So don't gasp. Ugh, I've like <laughs> made it a life goal to not ever have to use vos. Which is a little bit different actually than vos in Spain. And huh. we don't use vosotros, which they do in Spain, which is honestly doesn't make any sense. But anyway, vos, the main difference is in second person present, mm -hmm. the verb conjugates differently. So... You, with Mexican Spanish, <laughs> says, tú tienes. Mm -hmm. And I would say, with Argentinian Spanish, vos tenés. Vos tenés. Vos tenés. Vos tenés. So all of the verbs conjugate differently in second, pres second person present um, with vos. It's actually much more easy because you just take the, like the, the verb, like tener, no? And you just take off the R and add an accent on the end. Tener. Oh, tenés, no? You just add the accent and put an S. And so it's actually quite much more simple, but I had to learn both. Yeah, I guess I should probably learn both eventually. It's a, it's a good skill to There's have. There's no reason. There's no reason not to. <laughs> There's a lot of things like the, the subjunctive and stuff. Like I, you can make it pretty far in a language without learning some of those nuances. No, you don't think so? You, no, on the, on the contrary. I feel like I learned <laughs> about 70% more than I had to learn, and then I had to unlearn it to really sound like a porteña. Ah, okay. Because they don't speak, I mean, they don't They don't care. <laughs> so how long did you live? Because you were born, you grew up here. Grew up in the States. Minnesota, yeah. And mostly Minnesota, without that accent. Minnesota. <laughs> and then I was in Argentina for nine years. Nine years. Almost nine. And then COVID happened. Amor en el día en los tiempos de COVID. <laughs> And that brought you back here. And that brought me back stateside. But you're probably heading back down south one of these days. COVID will define <laughs> what we will do. But Well, we're glad to have you here. And uh, we appreciate you being here and helping out. Um, so we will we'll quickly go through some of the things that we said in the intro dialogue. And then we'll get into the case for today, which is on broken heart syndrome or uh, el corazón roto. Sí. Is that how? Because I, in... in how we had originally written it was corazones rompidos. Claro, y romper es uno de, it's one of the verbs. I'm trying to, there's another one very similar that I honestly can't remember, sorry. but Broken, that means broken. Claro, which means broken. Or, or to romper something is to break something. And mm -hmm. it's one of those that in, it would be past perfect, um, you conjugate it instead of rompidos, which would be the more obvious, it's rotos. Which is irregular and it's doesn't quite fit the Irregular romper. and awkward, and it sounds horrible the first few times, and then you get used to it, and then it sounds horrible <laughs> to hear rompidos. I was like, no, no, rompidos. not rompidos. Is, is like quebrar the other one? No, but it, no, no. There's another one that conjugates the same way uh, that okay. I, I can't remember what it is. Okay. Quebrar is to break, mm -hmm. but it's different. It's, it's quebrar. It's different. It's like a cracker. You break a, a cracker. cracker not you don't a break a heart. You break a cracker. <laughs> right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so we've already done some of the beginning intro. Uh, I think we can pick it up where I said. Um, what did I say? Okay, so I said we have a special guest, and I here today. And you said gracias por invitarme. You know, thank you for inviting me. Es un placer estar aquí. It's a pleasure to be here. And I said por supuesto, of course. Gracias por venir. Thank you for coming. Especialmente hoy mismo. And that, that's just like, especially today. The mismo is probably a little unnecessary, but it's like adds a little bit of emphasis, would you say? I honestly, I, I think it is kind of necessary because okay. it, it does, it is commonly used as an emphasis to say hoy mismo. Como se dice mucho. We use a lot. Hoy mismo, ahora mismo. Es como, it's something that is quite used in dialogue. That's good to know because it, it's, as a sense of urgency to what's going on. Yeah, exactly. The sense of urgency is probably big. Like, hoy, like, hoy is just today, but like, hoy mismo is like today, especially today. Yeah, like with hurry, or mm -hmm. as you say, con prisa. <laughs> con prisa. In Mexican Spanish. Dale prisa. <laughs> Dale prisa. And then you replied. Um, oh. Claro que sí. Mm -hmm. um, which is yes, of course. Um, eh, hoy es el día del amor. Yes, it's the day of love or Valentine's Day. You can say the día del amor. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to say, supongo que deberíamos decir, which is, I suppose we should say, feliz día de San Valentín or happy Valentine's Day, which is like so many holidays, much longer sounding than it needs to be. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this word, uh, the verb deber, um, it's a great word. Very useful verb, very mm -hmm. useful verb that for some reason is just like a little bit more awkward than the other verbs. But it basically means 
like the sense of should or obligation to so, do something. And we've talked about, and like deber is one of those ones that it, it was tough for me when I was learning it. Like it's used, it's very, a very mm-hmm. ubiquitous word, but you can get away with using words that are kind of similar, like, claro. like tener, tener que, or which is different, poder, which are different, but you can kind of convey yeah. like tener que is like you have to. Yeah. The feeling is different. When the you say tener que, it's like very like you must you know questions asked. And deber is a little bit softer, a little bit more It's like suggestive. Claro. It's sometimes even much more polite too. And so how did you use it? You said, supongo que... Deberíamos decir, which is a conditional form of... Deberíamos. Deberíamos. So you just add the I-A-M-O-S. The I, I. which is in nosotros, in the uh, plural, Mm -hmm. present, plural conditional tense is deberíamos. Mm -hmm. And the accent is always on the I. So it's deberíamos, tendríamos, which is a conditional tense. Right. And so exactly, like you said, deberíamos is the conditional tense using the nosotros form. So... Deberíamos decir, so meaning you have a conditional, we have a conditional obligation to say Feliz Día de San Valentín, like Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, I know. Like the translation is quite good. Like I suppose we should say, or we ought to say. Ought is actually quite a good good, uh, English translation, but it's deberíamos. Mm -hmm. It's an accent always has to be on the I of the I-A. Because the conditional form to conjugate is actually quite quite easy once you get used to it. There's a few irregulars. See, for me, earlier on in my learning, the different tenses kind of mess with me. Like the the conditional tense, I guess it's just one of the ways, there's multiple ways we talk about hypothetical things or things that aren't certain. And so two examples, like using the poder, contrasting deber to poder y tener, um, you could say like in the conditional tense, podría comprarme, like could you buy me something nice? Team. And I think we use really, really a lot podrías as a polite way of asking for something. Um, podrías darme un vaso de agua instead mm. of, che, no me das un vasito de agua. Or it's like if you're ordering something exactly, at a restaurant. At a Could restaurant. you bring me a cup of water? Exactly. Like someone maybe you don't have like full confidence with. Um, you say, podrías darme, no sé, lo que mm-hmm. necesites, which is very, very useful. That was a very useful phrase when I was first learning uh, Spanish. Especially for ordering things. Like that's <laughs> one of the like first an, big an steps. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a, go bring me a glass of water. Exactly. But what makes this more complicated is that it's usually that's only half of the sentence. Like that's usually the first half of the sentence that we use this conditional tense in. So like, tu podrías tener amor. Like you you could have or you would have love. And then you have to finish it with like a, the second half of the sentence um, with more of the like subjunctive text. Like tu podrías tener amor. You could have love. Si tuvieras más dinero. If you had more money. And that's tener in the subjunctive tense. Exactly. You have like the conditional and the subjunctive together and they kind of depend upon one another. Because many times when you hear a conditional phrase, it almost calls to have the subjunctive with them and following it. Exactly. Following it. Gotcha. Well, we don't like, Adrian and I don't like to get too much into the grammar and stuff, but we will eventually have to make a, make an episode on the different tenses and the, the correct ways to use them with examples. But let's continue on with our with our episode for today. So we decided that instead of writing a cheesy episode on amor, we were going to do one on corazones rotos. Los corazones rotos, no tengo idea cómo está. Broken hearts, corazones rotos or rompidos, but you didn't like rompidos. No, I didn't like rompidos, I like rotos. So broken heart syndrome is a real medical diagnosis. The medical term for it is Takasubo cardiomyopathy. And it's basically something that happens in like a, when someone experiences like an acutely stressful or emotional or tragic situation, they get this overflow of like sympathetic tone, like your fight or flight and your adrenaline just like is too much for the heart to handle. And it causes the left ventricle to bulge out. Um, And in severe cases, like it can lead to basically heart failure because the bulging out like impedes the ability of the heart to to pump blood to the rest of the body. And so it is a real diagnosis. It's like fairly common. I've seen it twice now, just in my four years of medical school. Mm. Usually people make a full recovery, but sometimes they require pretty extreme measures with supportive care and stuff. And you treat it with ACE inhibitors and beta blockers, surprisingly. So... I feel like that's almost like something that makes you believe in love, actually. <laughs> Talking about the Vida de Amor, that's very sweet. And for some reason, apparently, it's seen more in older women after they have uh, stressful or emotional experiences like 
the death of their husband or a, lo- a loved one. It, it really is. And both of the times that I've seen it, it was in like a 60 or 70 year old woman. The, the classic one is like something terrible happens, like their husband passes away. Or like something, you know, something bad. Usually it's something, it can be something scandalous too. Like the wife comes home to the husband in bed with the maid. Or Not like, Latino. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but like, or like, the, you know, yeah. the wife with the mailman or something. Another reason not to celebrate Valentine's Day. Exactly. Love is dangerous. Too much for the heart to handle. It's way too much for the heart to handle. I'd rather just protect my heart and keep myself away from the love. And your pocketbook. In my pocketbook. <laughs> Loves those. So one other thing that we can talk about. So you had a good line in there talking about what we should do, like sarcastically saying like un episodio romantico. What did you say? What was that line there? See, I said uh, un episodio romantico con mucha pasión, which is a romantic episode with lots of passion. Con unos amantes or with lovers que están enamorados, who are in love with abrazos fuertes y besos. Creo que dije besitos. I think I said besitos, which Mm -hmm. is little. Little kisses, dulces, so strong hugs and sweet kisses. Right. And so just to clarify, like amor, el amor is love. Amantes is lovers. And then estar enamorados is to be in love. And it's important always to use estar. Estar. I think that's a really common error to like, eh, soy enamorada. But isn't love forever? Wouldn't you use ser? (laughs) It is temporary. It is temporary. Then you get this uh, medical problem. We can get philosophical (laughs) about it. But yeah, if you... uh, if you thought enamorado, <laughs> then you can recover. But if just it's learn from Spanish, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I replied like, "Eso me parece poco cliché. Like it's a little. That seems a little cliché. Um, como amor de de los perritos o los cachorritos. Claro, cachorros o cachorritos, which is like a little puppy. A little puppy. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't make sense to say amor de de los perritos. Like mm. little dogs. That it doesn't really translate. I'm trying to say puppy love, I guess, yeah. would be the translation. Which we in don't English. say. We don't, you we don't say puppy no, love. No, no, no. And we don't say I mean, I think other people say barritos, but mm. we say cachorritos when you're referring to like little puppies. Because it's the cute little puppy that you just yeah. want to hug and exactly. squeeze. That's the puppy exactly. love. The innocent puppy. But is that amor verdadero? I don't think that's true love. What is that's amor puppy verdadero? Love. <laughs> next episode. The, the next episode. What is really love? Then yes, and then I agreed uh, with you saying la verdad es que sí, which is the truth is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, para que no me importa este día de San Valentín, which is that I don't care about. Que no me importa, which is it's not important to me, which is basically I don't care about mm-hmm. the Valentine's Day. Um, and then I went on to explain saying, ¿Por qué es un solo día del año? Why only one day a year? Eh, no hay amor en el resto del año. Eh, you know, isn't there love in the rest of the year? Which is a fair point. Um <laughs> So I think that's when we decided. I said, I said, I agree with you. Estoy de acuerdo. Bien, estoy de acuerdo. Estoy de acuerdo contigo en eso. O con vos. I'm con vos. (laughs) I can't use that. I'm not ready yet. It's okay. Uh, So like, estoy de acuerdo is like, I'm in agreement contigo Mm. with you en eso, on this topic. Which you can take just as a phrase. Estoy de acuerdo, which is like, yep, I agree. You don't even worry about what it really is saying. Just say, yep. Yep. Estoy de acuerdo. Or you could even just say de acuerdo. Claro, de acuerdo, o, o de hechos que sí, sí. And then I said something kind of cheesy. I was like, you know, Valentine's Day, I'm not really into this whole one day a year you go buy your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend something nice. Um, me parece como it appears to me like una conspiración capitalista, like a capitalist conspiracy theory. Is that, is that, is that correct? Would you say that? Conspiración um, you know, actually, I don't know because I, I haven't talked a lot about a capitalist conspiracy you theory. You really dive into conspiracion, conspiracion, capitalista, está bien, it's okay. Conspiracion, I, I need to get more into conspiracy theory. In you need to, you need to get on your conspiracy. Apparently, theory yeah, I'm sure it's going on or something <laughs> too. So, um, okay, so that was like just touching on some of the phrases that we use. We always post the dialogue with translations and subtitles on our social media, so you can check us out. Los Vatos Medicos on Instagram. Um, so we are going to do a quick dialogue. It's going to be pretty short. Anita is going to be the daughter of a lady who experiences this broken heart syndrome um, when they're at a funeral at her, at, I guess it would be your mother's ex-husband's funeral. 
um, your widowed mother's uh, funeral. She just has this overflood of emotions and goes into a very severe episode of of Takasubo cardiomyopathy. Takasubo. I'm still getting that word down. Takasubo. Cardiomyopathy. Okay. And it really can present like this. Like the point we wanted to make with this is like, it's going to be like basic life support, right? Like if someone goes unconscious or like if you're at dinner and someone at the table next to you just goes down and is no longer responsive, this is the steps that you should go through. And everyone should, should know this, but I think that maybe as a society, we do not a great job of educating mm-hmm. public on these very simple things. Yeah. For like all types of heart. Exactly. Failures. So we will take a quick ad break and hear me awkwardly read ads from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we will get into the dialogue. Okay, welcome back. We are going to go into our dialogue on broken heart syndrome. So like we mentioned, Anita is going to be the daughter of someone who is calling 911 at a funeral after her mother went unconscious. Yep. Listos? Lista. Okay. Hola, 911. ¿Cuál es la emergencia? Necesito una ambulancia. Es mi mamá. ¿Y qué está pasando? Estamos en el funeral de mi papá, su esposa, y de repente ella se desmayó y ahora no se despierta más. Ok, ¿y, y cuál es su dirección? Y estamos en el cementerio de la esquina de la calle 5 y Avenida Juárez. Ok, bueno, la ambulancia está en camino. Le, ahora le voy a transferir al despachador médico. Bueno, boludo, pero apúrense que es una emergencia. Claro que sí. Y eh, la ambulancia y los paramédicos llegarán en 10 minutos. Bueno, gracias. Aquí es el médico. Hola, soy Dr. Ferraro. ¿Cuál es la emergencia? Mi mamá se desmayó y no se despierta más, hijo de puta, que ya les dije. Ya se está muriendo. Ok, tranquila, tranquila. Y respira. Lo más importante es saber si ella tiene pulso y está respirando. Usted lo sabe. Bueno, qué sé yo, no soy una puta médica. Parece que ella no está respirando. ¿Cómo toma un pulso, hijo? Bueno, para tomar un pulso, usted póngase dos dedos en la renura del cuello, debajo de la mandíbula y justo al lado de la traquea. Mm, bueno, pero no siento nada. No creo que ella tenga pulso. Ok. Si no tiene pulso, uh, usted puede ver si está respirando, como puede ver el pecho subiendo y bajando. No, no tampoco, ¿eh? Ok, bueno, si no tiene pulso, lo más importante es comenzar el CPR, CPR, ¿no? Como darle compresiones del pecho. ¿Usted lo sabe cómo hacer eso? No, yo no, pero déjame ver si hay alguien que sepa. Ah, bueno, bueno, gracias a Dios mi tío lo sabe. Entonces, ¿empezamos? Sí, sí. Y la frecuencia de las compresiones deben ser 100 a 120 compresiones por minuto. Y bueno, ok, y podemos usar mi teléfono para mantener el ritmo, ¿no? Perfecto. Ah, bueno, claro. Ok, el siguiente paso más importante es mandarlo a alguien a buscar un desfibrilador. Uh, seguro que casi todos los edificios comerciales lo tienen. Oh, bueno, listo, ya, ya lo conseguimos. Y bueno, empezamos. Ok, bueno, y muy pronto llegará la ambulancia por allá. Ustedes continúan las, con las compresiones y los paramédicos estarán en cargo cuando se lleguen. Ah, ok, perfecto. Ah, mira, ya, ya están por acá. Ok, bueno, eso es todo de mi parte. Ustedes cuídense y buena suerte. Nito, gracias por la ayuda, ¿eh? Por supuesto. Ok, so that was kind of a quick, short, rapid fire um, 911 call where we will now go line by line and sort of break it down, um, really go over what we said and how we said it and point out any points and vocabulario. So we started, we did a fake phone call. I said, hola, 911, ¿cuál es la emergencia? That's kind of like what I think of as the classic line that people answer the telephone with. Like the 911 is like, all right, 911, what is your emergency? Would you, do you say 911 or do you say something else? So uh, I realize we say 911. 911. We say, llamalo al 911. Um, which is 911. Which is 911, which sounds not so good in English, but we would always say, when I heard 911, I was like, mm, no, no, huh. no. Not that I've ever called 911 in Spanish or English, <laughs> but we say 911. Llamalo al 911. I guess that's a little shorter and kind of makes sense. I think it's sense. just more convenient. But in, in Los Estados Unidos, like if you say 911, like we think about Different like 911, September sí. 11th. Um, but okay, that's a good point, I guess. So either 911 or 911. What is the emergency? ¿Cuál es la emergencia? So, ¿cuál? Like, as a beginning learner, I would be tempted to say ¿qué es la emergencia? But it's ¿cuál? Because there's a limited possibilities of things that it could be. You, honestly, you could say both. You could say I both. I think ¿cuál? is more appropriate because 
it's like choosing it's almost like witch because you're in you're already talking about emergencies like gay is when you don't really know what you're talking about you would say guel when you're choosing within like a kind of a defined um idea so it's like pick your emergency emergency. if you're just like case in problema it's a little bit like more open like a problem but you're already talking about emergency you're calling 911 there's only a a limited set of reasons that you're not calling for a tea you're not calling for for a tea or a glass of water and then what did you reply with so i said necesito una ambulancia es mi mamá so I need an ambulance that it's my mom. Okay, and then I replied, okay, ¿y qué está pasando? Like, what's going on? And I said, estábamos en el funeral de mi papá, su esposo, y de repente ella se desmayó y ahora no está más consciente, no se despierta. So I said, estamos en el funeral de mi papá, su esposa, su esposo, perdón, which is we're in my father's funeral. Or estábamos, so estábamos, like past tense um, estar. Sí, past tense. Perfecto, uh-huh, which perfect. is kind of uh, descriptive. Honestly, you could say both in this case. But estábamos o estuvimos en el funeral de mi, de mi papá. I was in my father's funeral, which is her spouse or her husband. And suddenly my mom, or Isa, no, Isa, se desmayó. She passed out or fainted. Um, and not, now she's not conscious and she doesn't wake up. No está más consciente y no se despierta. And so for me, like not being familiar with the, with your accent, the line right there, like a, like in, in sort of the American (laughs) Mexican (laughs) slang that we say, like we would say like, ella se desmayó, like she passed out y ahora no está consciente, no se despierta. Like now she's not conscious or she's not waking up, but you like, there's multiple double L's in there that like kind of makes it difficult. Yeah, double and and the Y, Y, Y. So ella se desmayó. Ella se desmayó. Ella se desmayó. Así que do it. Ella se desmayó. Desmayó. You can do yours. Okay. A ver. Ella se desmayó. Okay. Y ahora no está más consciente. No se despierta. <laughs> y, um, I think these are two really good examples of reflexive verbs. Mm, yes. When you say, as like a state of being, se desmayó, or, se, or desmayarse, or se despierta. No se despierta, despertarse. It's because it's like a state of being of one. So it's not like ella no despierta, es que no se despierta. Mm-hmm. I think it's two really good examples of reflexive verbs. Yeah, definitely. And then I asked, okay, you know, the next step that they asked, okay, it's an emergency. This sounds like a real emergency. This lady passed out and isn't waking up. So I asked, ¿cuál es su dirección? What is your address? Yeah, which is... Pay attention to that one. Dirección is address. Dirección is address. Like it's, it's one false, of those tricky false cognitives. Ones. Exactly. It's, it's um, one of those tricky ones. And now I say that in English. Like, <laughs> what's your direction? <laughs> and I responded, um, estamos en el cementerio de la esquina de la calle 5 y avenida Juárez. So estamos en el cementerio, we're in the cemetery, mm-hmm. de la esquina of the corner de calle 5 or calle 5, depending on where you're from, calle. of Fifth uh, Street y Avenida Juárez or Juárez Avenue. Yeah, just made up streets, but that's a good one. Calle, calle, calle en la calle. And like La Esquina is like if we were translating like rap songs, like <laughs> on the corner, you know, like La Esquina de, de Calle, like on the corner of the street. Um, but we are not talking about that. We're talking about an emergency. Not so today. <laughs> I said, okay, La Ambulancia está en camino. And um, en camino is like en route, I guess, would you say? Yeah, en route. Mm-hmm. It's en route. It's going. Mm-hmm. And then I said, le voy a transferir. I'm going to transfer you uh, des- al despachador médico, to the medical dispatcher. It would be la voy. La voy a transferir. La voy. Yep. Entra al despachador médico. Oh, okay. It would, it would be la. La entre la le. Porque, yeah, you're giving el, de, el despachador is the lay of this one. So uh, it'd be like, se la está dando. Oh, uh, okay. So, la voy a transferir al despachador médico. That makes sense. And then I said, eh, bueno, apúrense, que es una, eh, una emergencia, which is, hurry the fuck up, because it's an emergency, a- a- perdón. Apúrense. Apúrense. Apúrense, because we would say, dale prisa. Like, claro. give it a hurry. Apúrense, and we don't say prisa, <laughs> unless it's in like a song. <laughs> but it's the same meaning, like apúrense, yep. like hurry up. Claro, apúrense is plural, uh, ¿cómo se llama? Like the confrontational one, like the telling someone what to do. Like a command form. Command form, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's telling someone, apúrense is a plural command form of telling you to hurry up. Could you use that in like a different sense? Like I'm imagining like a teacher like talking to her students that were misbehaving, Ding. like apúrense, or no, not really. Well, you know what, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it can, 
is, it can be almost like to hustle someone. Uh. If I'm hustling you for like money, <laughs> I mean like te estoy apurando. Oh, you yeah. can say like I'm hustling. I forgot about that. Okay. Maybe that's just an Argentina. Ojo. I, I haven't heard that, but that. I guess that would that would make sense. You're yeah, right. but we say a lot like apurate, like let's go. Apurate, apurate, vamos. Let's with, go. Uh, with the emphasis on the a. In vos. Apurate. Apurate is vos. Otherwise, it would be in Mexican Spanish. It would be or not Mexican, not Argentinian Spanish. It would be apurate. Apurate. But we don't say that. Okay. Same, same, but different. Same difference. <laughs> okay. And then I said, you told me your, your dirección. And I said, you know, the ambulance is in camino. It's coming. And then you said, okay, hurry up. And I said, claro que sí, of course. Uh, la ambulancia y los paramédicos, the ambulance and the paramedics, llegarán, will arrive in 10 minutos, in 10 minutes. And then like, aquí es el médico. Like now I'm transferring you to the to the doctor. And I said, thanks. Gracias. <laughs> And then we really started pushing your buttons because the doctor <laughs> answered and he asked the same question that the other guy just asked, right? Can you believe it? I said, you know, like, hola, soy doctor. Like, this is the doctor. ¿Cuál es la emergencia? What's, what's the emergency again? And I said, again. <laughs> eh, mi mamá se desmayó. She fainted, reflexive verb. Y no se despierta más, reflexive verb. She won't wake up again. And then I and said... And then you started getting a little irritated. And then I started to get a little irritated. Argentina said, it's a hijo de puta, which is... <laughs> A ver. Son of a bitch. It, a ver. it does mean son of a bitch, <laughs> but it doesn't have the same weight of saying son of a bitch because we say hijo de puta all the time. Like uh, I came okay. back to the States and I started swearing more than I ever sweared before because in Spanish <laughs> we swear all the time, but it doesn't have the same weightiness to it. So if you say hijo de puta to a medico, it just means you're upset. It just means you're not really calling him a goddamn <laughs> son take of a bitch. It personally. Claro, okay. exactly. Okay. Say hijo de puta que ya les dije. I already told you. Que ya les dije. Claro, que ya, ya les dije. Um, que mi mamá está muriendo. Okay. So oh, my that my mom is dying. Sorry. My is dying. <laughs> and then you said, Carano? No, no, lo dije. I didn't say you it. You didn't say that. I'm okay. sorry. So, like, if you wanted to add more uh, emphasis, like, Anger. in Mexican slang, we would say, like, uh, hijo de puta, like, que ya les dije, mi mamá está muriendo, cabrón. Claro, like, we don't say cabrón. You don't say cabrón. We would say, um, claro, like, tarado, which is like, Idiot, tarado. fool, like stupid. T a r a d o. T a r e tarado or tarado. tarada. Okay. Which is you can say like she's una tarada, like she's kind of like a silly fool, like a dummy. something like that. A yeah. Dummy. Okay. It's pretty offensive, actually. Yeah, that was, I was kind of offensive. I was More offended. than hijo de puta, me parece. <laughs> I was offended, but I was trying to remain calm and mm. keep you calm. Like so a I was good like, medical doctor, like a you good are. doctor. Okay, like tranquila, tranquila, calm down. Y respira. So calm down and breathe. Take some deep breaths. Lo más importante, good. Lo más importante, the most important thing is saber si ella tiene pulso. Like the most important thing is to know, saber si tiene pulso. If she has a pulse. Um, y está respirando. And, she, and she's breathing. Usted lo sabe. Like, do you know if she has a pulse or if she's breathing? Um, and I said, bueno, no sé. Well, I, I'm just not sure. Um, and angri <laughs> angrily. Still upset. Still upset. Still upset. Que yo no soy una puta médica. Which is basically like saying, I'm not a fucking doctor. Which is fair, you know. <laughs> which is fair. Sure. It's fair. I mean, he did ask three times. <laughs> um, and then I responded, um, me parece, it seems to me, you know, that, that que ella no está respirando, that she's not breathing, no? And then I asked, ¿Cómo tomo un pulso? How, how can I take a pulse? Take a pulse. And so this is kind of a tough one, but like it is it is somewhat realistic. Like you do have to know the first step when someone is down is to find out if they have a pulse or not and if they're breathing. And so like you take the carotid pulse right under the neck. And so that's what I was describing. I said, okay, póngase, usted póngase dos dedos. Like you put, and póngase is, is poner, to put. Claro. So póngase Hard dos one. dedos. En la ranura del cuello. Ranura. Ranura del cuello, like the groove of the neck. Um, and you would say cuello. Cuello, cu sí. Cuello, the two L's. And then debajo de la mandibula, like just below, debajo, just below the mandible, I guess would be the translation. Claro, debajo de la mandibula. De la mandibula y justo al lado y just next to, or just to the side of, de la tráquea, like the trachea. Tráquea, tráquea. Tráquea. Claro. So that's how we take a carotid pulse. You put two fingers just underneath the groove of the neck, like right underneath the mandible or the jawline, and just to the side of the of the windpipe or the trachea. And I think two really good parts, little Spanish bits in this is uh, debajo de, 
Like, those always go together. Like, debajo de la mesa, debajo de algo, debajo de la mandíbula. Just a phrase to learn. Just underneath learn it and the... go. Underneath something. It's simply debajo de. And then same thing with uh, al lado. To be next to something, justo al lado, or estar al lado, is to be next to. So, so justo al lado would be like just next to, right um, next no, to? No, justo al lado is just next to, but you can say like, right now I'm sitting next to Steven. Estoy al lado uh-huh. de Steven, no? But it's a good phrase to say al, al lado. Okay. It's, it's a, yeah, it's always that way. And like if you wanted to say above the something, you'd say arriba. Arriba de, de also. La... Debajo de or arriba de. Good, okay. So that was me describing okay, yeah, you'd no, have to okay. take a pulse. You and I to said, take it. I try, and I say, oh, okay, no, no siento nada. I don't feel anything. De sentir. And creo que ella, ella, no tiene pulso. So I think she doesn't have I a don't, pulse. I don't, yeah, <laughs> No, you're good. Um, <laughs> and then I said, okay, so she doesn't have a pulse. Can you see any signs of breathing? Like, ella está respirando? Is she breathing? Puede ver el pecho subiendo y bajando. Like, can you see her chest rising and falling? Yeah, and I think here in a lot of places, when speaking in usted, because it's it's both third person and the person you're talking to potentially if you're doing it out of respect, mm-hmm. many, many times before the verb, we put usted. Like many right. times if you're saying vos or tú, you don't have to say like, che, tú tienes. You say, tenés el vaso, tienes el vaso. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying usted to clarify, and also I think out of a sign of respect, you say, usted puede ver el pecho subiendo o bajando. You say, like, you specifically. So several times it was in here, but I think here it should be too, because here you can say, because you're saying Aisha, ella already, now you need to distinguish because you're between now I'm the saying same usted. verb. Yeah, exactly. If I was saying like, puede ver a pecho, like, is she seeing her exactly. chest? Like it's, you have to you say could be you. confused. Yeah. So I think it, especially in usted, more than any other type of verb conjugation, like mm-hmm. nosotros or yo o algo, we put it not even as a sign of emphasis, but a sign of clarity. Because the endings are the same. Because so the verb conjugation is the same. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Wait, and so he says, ¿Y ella está respirando? Question mark. Is she breathing? ¿Usted puede ver el pecho subiendo y bajando? Can you see usted? Can you see the chest rising and falling? And I respond, no, tampoco. Uh, which is, I can't, which is a negative form I of saying. I can't see that either. Claro, I can't see that. Claro, it's like e- neither, neither, actually. Like también is also, and claro. then tampoco is the opposite of is that. It's the opposite, exactly. So she doesn't have a pulse y tampoco está respirando. Claro. Okay. Then I said, okay, si ella no tiene pulso, if she doesn't have a pulse, lo más importante es comenzar uh, CPR. So the most important thing, lo más importante es comenzar, is to begin CPR. And I didn't really know how to say that, like CPRE, mm. but that's not the right translation. It would be like RCP, like RCP. I don't know. CPRE no, doesn't sound quite right, but we should, I don't know. But this comes up a lot in Spanish because we have a lot of like these yeah. translations in medicine, like an EKG, right? Like electrocardiogram. We just call that an EKG, but how you would say electrocardiograma in Spanish. Electrocardiograma like, se dice. That's or like what they say. HIV, like the AIDS virus, like it's SIDA. It's it's SIDA, like SIDA yeah. instead of AIDS. And so there's these different translations that yeah. don't necessarily. And the MRI, we just say la resonancia, hacerse una resonancia, to get a resonance. Yeah. Without saying MRI. No, that's a good point because Adrian and I come across this stuff a lot and we're like, I don't know how we would say this. He says that he usually just says it in English and then yeah. says the full word in Spanish to like clarify. And I would guess, depending on where you're treating someone, they probably know CPR unless they're just like very, very new from wherever they're coming from mm-hmm. because it's a pretty common phrase. Like any any Spanglish, bordered Spanglish person probably knows CPR. Totally. And then, I mean, I went on to clarify just in case to say it in lay person terms too. I was like, como... Darle compresiones del pecho, like giving chest compressions. Claro, to make it more obvious. And then I was like, ¿Usted sabe cómo hacer eso? Do you know how to do this? And I said, no, déjame ver si hay alguien que sepa. Great phrase. This is a great one to learn. Which is, we would say, in voz, déjame, déjame ver si hay alguien que sepa. Which is, let me see if there's somebody who knows, right? And Stephen would say, déjame ver. (laughs) <laughs> uh, if there's somebody who knows sepa and sepa in this one is the um, subjunctive as well because it's an unknown hypothetical person it's uh, you're unsure if there's someone who knows cpr claro, it's like an unknown someone if you already knew that there was somebody 
que supiera, mm-hmm. um, that knew, you wouldn't have to say sepa. But it's a that's an awkward conjugation of saber, no, to know. Yeah. Um, which yeah, it's irregular in the in the subjunctive form like that. So did anyone know CPR? Um, yes, gracias a Dios. Thank you for that. that Thank God. Flow. Gracias Thank a Dios. God. Gracias a Dios, which we say a lot. Mi tío, my uncle, um, lo sabe, knows it. Entonces empezamos. Uh, so should we start? And I was like, sí, yes, definitely. Y la frecuencia, the frequency de las compresiones of the compressions deben ser. So there's our deber. And honestly, I think it should be deberían. Deberían because it should be. I don't know why. Honest. It should be. It claro. doesn't. I mean, it has to be versus it should be. Is that what the difference would be? It just sounds better. I don't know why. This is nine years later. I just think it's deberían ser. La frecuencia debían ser. Deberían. Deberían. So it should be. Claro. Uh, 100 a 120, like 100 to 120 compresiones por minuto, like compressions per minute. Claro. And for anyone who's taken the BLS class or just watched The Office, they usually tell you it's like to the beat of staying alive. Staying like, alive, ooh, staying ooh, alive. Ooh, ooh, staying alive. Okay. That's like exactly like 110 or I'm something. I'm glad to know that. That's what they say. So, And it's also very fitting to the situation because Damn. we're probably Oh, there. yeah. So when like maybe all. bad taste to say it out loud, but like say Don't it in sing your it, head. Yeah. Say it in your maybe head. Maybe not. I think here it's a good a good thing to notice that cien when you say a hundred, it's cien, and basically every other time it's ciento, right? Like cien, ciento veinte, ciento once, ciento whatever. You always say ciento, but one hundred alone is cien. Okay. No? Like Cien Años de Soledad. Like Cien Años de Soledad. Which Feel is a shout amor. out to the title, the title of this episode, which is Amor en los en Tiempos, tiempos de, de COVID. COVID. So there's a famous... Um, I believe he's a Colombian author, Gabriel García Márquez. Yeah, he's like the magical realism. I think he's Colombian. And he, yeah, he has two books. One of them is Love in the Time of Cholera, Amor en los Tiempos de Cholera. And then the other one is, so we're playing on that with the COVID one. But the other one is 100 Years of Solitude, Cien Años de Soledad. De Soledad. But anyway, we digress. So, okay, coming back to the radian ser 100 a 120 compresiones por minuto. He's telling me how quick I should do the compressions per minute. And I respond, sí. Y podemos usar, de poder, no? We can use um, mi teléfono, my phone. Or we also say in, in Argentina, mi móvil, o celu, o el celu. Ah, okay. Celular, we just say celu, no? Puedo usar el celu. Um, para mantener el ritmo, to maintain the rhythm or the speed, mm-hmm. no? And that's a throwback to, we had uh, one of our friends, Ruby, on the episode, and she was talking about natural family planning methods for women. Oh, Have okay. you ever heard of El Metro del Ritmo? It's like no. the method of the rhythm. It's like using your cycles to time, like when you... Out of my framework. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> you're just a vata. You're not a vata medica. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, you said, yeah, we'll use our telephone to maintain the rhythm. And I said, perfecto. You said, sí, claro. And then I said, okay, y el siguiente paso más importante, like the next... Most important step. Siguiente is next. Paso is like step, I mm-hmm. guess. Like paso step. por paso, sí. step by step. Uh, más importante es mandarlo a alguien to send somebody a buscar un desfibrilador. 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 I don't desfibrilador. know. I have a hard time saying that. Desfibrilador. Defibrillator. And like in English, we just say like AED, like automatic oh. defibrillator. Um, but every every place has them. Every building has them. They're those things in the glass. Oh, that like push. You the smash g- the glass or you break it and then you take it out. I hope I'll um, never have to do this. But that is the second. Like there's three things that they teach you that you have to do if someone goes down and is unresponsive and they don't have a pulse. Start CPR immediately. That's the most important thing you can do. S- tell someone to call 911 and send someone to go get the defibrillator because those are the three things that are going to save their life. Okay. And then I think I mentioned that I said seguro. So like I'm sure or it's sure Okay, casi todos los edificios comerciales lo tienen. So I'm sure that almost all of the edificios comerciales is like businesses, business office buildings, buildings, office buildings lo tienen, have one. Claro, edificios building. And I said, ah, bien listo. Okay, great, ready, right. whatever. Eh, ya lo conseguimos, which is we, we got it. We're conseguir. Conseguir is to get. To get. To, to get. To get on it. Yeah, to, to acquire Follow, in to a acquire. way. To acquire, yeah. Ya lo conseguimos, yep. And in Spanglish, we would say like, nos encargamos, like we're in charge of it. You don't say that? No. Like, estoy encargo de eso, like I'm in charge mm-hmm. of that. No, you no. don't say that. No, and no, you can say like, 
la persona encargada is the person who's in charge of it, but mm -hmm. we don't say something like that phrase of a verb. Yo me encargo. encargo. That's like kind of like... No, a, you can say yo me encargo. Bueno, yo me encargo. So you can say that, but en nos encargamos, we wouldn't say that. Okay. There. And I said, okay, bueno, muy pronto, like very soon, llegará, in the future, will arrive la ambulancia. So in the future, the ambulance will arrive allá. Which I would say, bueno, pronto llegará la ambulancia allá. Allá. Which are two double L situations, but that's good a lot to of double L's for one sentence. And then one other good thing to touch on is like the different ways of saying here mm -hmm. and there. Because we've talked, Adrian and I have talked about this like aquí. We say here, we say aquí is like here, like right here, right here. I'm pointing at it right here. Acá, like venaca is like come over here ish. You don't say aquí in, in Argentina, no? We don't say aquí. So if you said come here, you would say venite por acá. Venite por acá. Which vos, be, vos venite vos por acá. Venite por acá. Okay. But most of like all of the here's, mm -hmm. generally, cada tanto, like every once in a while, someone will say aquí and you're like, mm, that sounds kind of <laughs> weird. So we say acá, which is A-C-A -A with a apostrophe, like very much more straightforward. Acá. And then, so acá, and then there's ahí and allá. Well, then there's, uh, a ver, you know, it would be ahí, allí, allá, which is, a ver, you say it. Allá lejos. Way like, over there. Yeah, further away. Yeah. Like when I say to the people in Argentina, like, um, like, espero estar por allá, I hope to be there. I'm saying allá because Argentina is requete lejos, super far <laughs> from here. It is very far away. Good. So that makes sense. That's a good one because I've messed that up many times. Um, and then I said, okay, so the ambulance is going to come over there in five minutes. Ustedes continúan. You all continue con las compresiones with the compressions. Y la ambulancia y los paramédicos the ambulance and the paramedics, estarán en cargo cuando se lleguen. So I guess we did say en cargo. Um, so they, future tense estar, they will be in charge. Estarán en, car en cargo cuando se lleguen. So when they arrive. And then lleguen again is like, is that subjunctive? Because it's uncertain? Sí, no, no sería cuando lleguen. Lleguen. Directamente. Entonces lleguen. When they arrive. Cuando lleguen. Cuando llegan. Cuando it's llegan not reflexive. Realidad. It's not reflexive and it's uh, subjunctive because it's talking... There's a chance they might not arrive. It's talking about a situation that hasn't passed yet. Mm -hmm. So it's a future that we don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's not a defined for sure thing. So it's a not a hypothetical, but kind of an uncertainty. So you right. say, Los paramedios estarán allá en cargo cuando llegan. When they arrive. They llegar. They arrive. Arrive. Mm -hmm. And I said, eh, dale, perfecto, which is great. Y, ah, mira, look, which we say a lot, at least. Ah, mira. Ah, mira. Ah, mira. I know, mira, I still mira say no más, like, Mira no más. <laughs> mira, um, ya están aquí. They're already here. Um, bueno, I don't think I said por fin. No, finally, finally, por fin. Por fin. Ah, mira, ya, like, already están aquí. Claro, ya están, or they, they've ya already, están. ya están, they're already, they've already arrived. Ya están acá, por fin, which okay. is... They finally arrived. And then I said, okay, bueno, eso es todo de mi parte. That's all for my part. Um, ustedes, cuídense y buena suerte. Like, take care and good luck. Claro. And I think it would be cuídense ustedes for cuídense some reason. Cuídense ustedes. Cuídense ustedes y buena suerte. Okay. And I said, eh, gracias por la ayuda. Thanks for your help. And that concludes our dialogue for today. Um, our producer, Ryan, is, uh, we went over time, so we won't have time. Usually we like ask about slang and like some funny phrases. We might have to have you back on in the future to get some Argentina's Argentina slang. Full of Give slang us one. Give us like a quick Argentine slang. Bueno, a ver, mira, mira. Okay, a quick Argentine slang. We have, a f uh, this is uh, endless, but we have a type of slang called lumfardo, which is the street talk specifically of Buenos Aires. Lumfardo? Lim, lumfardo. 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 It was N. Lumfardo. Lumfardo. Um, it's N or M? No, actually, I'm not totally sure. Which is, I used to dance tango for many, many years, and that's like <laughs> the, the language of like the tango songs. Oh, okay. But one of the ways that they use lumfardo, or one of the applications, is 
when you say something like gaje or, or street gaye, uh-huh. we do these like little flips of the letters huh. as a way of saying the same thing. Como like, estar en la jeca, estar en la calle, we say jeca, which is like a, a oh just God. like a switch up of the letters. But why? To say jeca. But why? Because it sounds good. And if you want to like have a coffee, like tomar un café, you said like tomar una feca. No, that just makes things so confusing. <laughs> I'm not. Fun. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that. But what about like che? Like, isn't that a thing? Uh, like, okay, okay. Bro, because yeah, Adrian like, and che. I, we always call each other way. We're like, oh, que pasa way, que onda way. This way. Way is like dude. Okay, che is not dude. It's not dude. It's not dude. Almost boludo would be more dude, but che, I think che is magic because, <laughs> no, truly, because it's like a comodín, like a placeholder. And it almost is a way of, of, of like establishing a trust between people who may or may not know each other. But it's like huh. a nice way How of referring to someone. Te, um, no me ayudas con algo. It's like, a, it's like a connector phrase where you can speak to someone and it's inclusive. Like it generates like cariño, you know, like kind of warmth huh. between people. Okay. Because it's not dude. It's not, it doesn't have that word. It's just this like connector phrase between yeah, people. Is but it like very magic. informal though? Like, like we couldn't say like I say way to Adrian, but I wouldn't say that to yeah, like no. it's between my gra- friends, grandma or something. I mean, maybe you would, but very <laughs> cheeky, right? Okay, like, okay. but cheeky. No, no, you would say it. I, I mean, it's more informal. But I would say it to my, like some of my colleagues if I know them, but not to like a new person. Mm-hmm. But you say Jay, and then whatever. It's kind of like this. Yeah, this like, it, it's just like it's a friendly goo way to kind of between like, phrases. Okay, okay. And yeah, and then Argentina would say boludo. 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 Which means... Everything. Everything? It can be like a loving term. It can be like the worst term. It just depends on how and when you say it. Um, but yeah, very, very Do apparently. you say che boludo? Che boludo is what every non-Argentinian who speaks Spanish says to me as a joke. Che boludo. That's <laughs> like, like a what's hilarious. up. I'm trying to be like... I'm trying to mock your Argentinian Spanish. Che boludo. So that's what well, I would, I would say be boluda, right? Like boluda, boluda. What is boluda? Like, what is the real word of that? I don't know. Because it turns you. out way, like the real word way is like an ox or like a steer. Or oh, something. Yeah. It's like oh, a weird yeah. word that way. has just been changed. With over a B? T- with a B, exactly. Ah, boy. Si, si. So boluda is... Boluda, que dice? What does it say? Volume up? That doesn't make any sense. Nah. Yeah, that can't I've be. never translated this. Uh, yeah, let's get the we'll urban dictionary. Boludo, when a person has big testicles... Where that comes from, the Argentine dialect, the Argentine dialect of Lunfardo. It's your Lunfardo. I know, I'm not bullshitting, you know, but everything in Argentina has to do with that. And it means that a person is dumb or a dumbass. So it's basically way. It is basically way. Basically way. It's basically way. Yeah, it's almost like uh, probably the most general definition could be asshole. Asshole, okay. But that could go up or down. Because if I say, I say to my girlfriends as a woman, te boluda, no me das algo. And it's like meant in a way of, it's almost like saying... Like, bitch in a nice way. You know, it's like, hey, bitch, don't you give me something? But in, like, a loving way, which you say only to someone with you, with exactly. whom you have a lot of trust. Don't say that in a medical setting. This falls Steven into blush. our en la calle. <laughs> this falls into our en la calle section that you don't use in the hospital. Right. You lose in the, you but lose you in will probably hear. I will probably use it, too. Um, okay, I think that's all the time that we have for today. Anita, Che Bolula, gracias por venir. We'll have to have you back. Um, and then, gracias. If everyone is still listening, thank you for listening. We have a couple exciting updates coming. We again are working on, you should check out our Instagram. We're posting videos with subtitles so that you can read along with the translations. A lot of people find it really helpful when learning a language to have that audio and visual input um, to solidify what we're saying, especially when. We have people that talk funny on here with their um I don't know who he's talking about. Um, and then the other big one is let us know what you want, what's helpful, what's not helpful. If you have any requests, we've had a couple people reach out. So coming up next, we'll have some on, we'll have a diabetes one, which is mm. a really big issue, especially in the like United States Latina community. That's like a really important one. What was the other one? Someone else reached out nutrition. So we'll have a diabetes and nutrition episode coming up. Um, But if there's anything else you guys want to hear or you have any requests, just reach out to us either on Instagram or Twitter at Los Vatos Medicos, or you can email us, gmail, losvatosmedicos at gmail.com. That's all for today. Nos vemos. Nos vemos. Ciao. What's a good Argentine? Ciao. Ciao. It's it's Italian. A-U. Ciao. Ciao. Like Manu Ciao. I don't think that's how he spells it. I don't think so either, but I'm not sure. All right. That's all for today. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Ciao. Ciao.